Hello, I'm Gemma Kearney and welcome to Life on Our Terms, a brand new podcast with The Open University. For a long time, the path to success looked a certain way. You went to school, went to university, met the right people for the right career and plodded along in that for most of your life. But that's not necessarily the right path for everyone. My path didn't look like that and success doesn't have to look like that, which is exactly what this podcast is going to show you. We want you to leave feeling inspired about what's possible and with a few ideas about what those first steps could look like for you. If you're going to do things your way, being able to learn in a way that works for you is key to finding success, whatever field you're in. I teamed up with the OU because they're all about enabling ambitions by bringing university to you wherever you are. They have 50 years experience when it comes to distance learning and making sure that everyone has access to a university education that's supported and fits around their lives. So across the series, we're going to cover a whole range of topics. But in the first episode, we're going to be focusing on a subject that's really close to my heart and something that my guest has spoken about a lot. We're going to chat about education on our terms from who it's for to how we'd like to see the current landscape of learning shift. Today, I'm so delighted to sit down with George Mpanga, aka George the Poet, who has done lots of work to transform the potential of education so that it's really about learning, not just school. You may also know George as a Peabody award-winning spoken word artist, a writer, or as a multi-award-winning podcaster with his podcast, Have You Heard George's Podcast, which if you haven't, sort it out because it's incredible. He's a social commentator and a member of the National Council of Arts Council England. Wow, such an impressive and very varied list. Have I missed anything, George? No, that's um, that's that's more than enough. Thank you. I feel like we need to add in an interest as though it was a dating profile. Mm, in George's personal all. world, what else is in there? His hobbies are... His hobbies are whiling out to Jamaican dancehall music. No, I don't think anyone knows that about me. I've got to say that is not necessarily on brand. <laughs> <laughs> but exactly. I understand. Exactly. It's too late. This That was in motion before I became George the Poet. My alter ego, as we're discussing our personal secrets, is one of a dancehall queen. Come on, man. So you already know the vibes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. She wears a short red wig, kind yes. of like a Pulp Fiction style. Does she have one, a name? She has in... to have a name like Stacey Ann or something. Yeah, it's got. She's got cherry in there. That's all I'm that's, saying. That's 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 a good start. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on, uh, and let's talk about education, brains, knowledge, wisdom. Uh, you have so much, as far as I'm concerned. I know you get bigged up a lot, but I also think it's important to not only big you up, but to dissect how you got to this point, because it does require a certain journey. Can you sum up how you are now this kind of bona fide, educated polymath? And where did it all start? Well, I think there's just been a hybrid um, experience and environmental factors that have made me put on a lot of different hats across my career. I was I was an one of the few African kids on a predominantly Caribbean estate. I'm left-handed. So fr- from the start of my life, I just knew that it was okay to be different. Um, then moving through that, I, I, I was still in my estate, which was predominantly Black. But I moved to a, um, a secondary school in which Black people were the minority. There were nine Black kids in my year, a year of 180, 180 boys. So... Um, 
all of these different environments. And at the same time as me developing as a student, I, I also became a rapper. So it's like a mixture of environments and experiences f- forced me to balance different elements of my dreams and my personality. At the same time, you did have a pretty traditional trajectory in terms of your degree. Yeah. What was that like? That's right. Um, uh, Cambridge was was a dream. I, I, I dreamt of getting into Cambridge mainly because people didn't believe I could. That was a big motivator for me. But at the same time, when I got there, I appreciated being around people who were as crazy about their subject as I was. I hadn't experienced that before, where the day-to-day conversation is my brethren who study in natural sciences telling me why what she what she's learning applies to her life and applies to the world. That's exactly what I came for. And how do you keep learning alongside building a creative career? It obviously requires all the work, all the energy to get there. Right. But do you stop once you get the accolades and the awards and the career and maybe even you're getting paid for it? Then what? Gemma, I love that question. So five years ago, I was in a record deal and um, all credit to, to, to the record label, Island Records. We had great successes together. But I sensed that I was going to get paid more and more to churn out work that didn't stretch me intellectually. And if I kept getting paid for that, it would have incentivized me away from the growth that I was so hungry for. So I decided to leave my record deal for that reason. I wanted to tie my entertainment and my creative output to my growth as a as a student. You say student, what do you mean? Do you see yourself as a student? Well, in the broader sense, yeah, I see myself as a student. And this, this, is, how I use, this is how I break it down to myself anyway, Gemma. In the sense that Jay-Z is a hustler and he grew up hustling and the flag that he flew at the forefront of hip-hop for all of those years was that of the hustlers. To that extent, I'm a student. That is the flag that I would fly. I love learning and I'm actually back in school now. I'm studying, I'm, a, I'm doing my PhD. And that is all about how we can leverage the connections that um, music and culture provides for Black people to just really um, take control of our economic future. So what is the actual PhD in? What's the title that? It's in value innovation. So, um, no, sorry, that's, I'm using too many, too much jargon. A little, it's kind of in economics. A little bit of economics, a little bit of education. How can we make the education system more inclusive? The analogy I use of making the education system more inclusive is facial recognition technology. Technology is able to look at you and, you know, understand who you are or remember who you are. With the education system, we need that. We need an inbuilt way of understanding who is coming to the classroom. Who is this person? Who are... What context are they bringing in with them? What potential skill set are they bringing with them? I would love to see that because in my experience, my contribution wasn't really valued in the way that I would value the next generation of learners, right? We were told what to think about in the, in the form of the curriculum. And we were 
told how to express ourselves in the form of, in my case, essay writing techniques. And obviously, when you learn maths and sciences, there are well-established traditions that you need to come to grips with in order to survive and in order to build on the, the tradition. But what about the youth STEM? Like, what are they... What's, what's within... Like, when I listen to my nephews talking, it's just... Oh, I remember one time I took my nephews to the, to, to the movies and when we were coming out of it, I was like, how did you find it? And they were like, what do you mean? I was like, how did you find the movie? They're like, oh, I, I walked behind you. And it's like, in their mind, the question, how do you find it, meant, how did you get there? How did you find the room? <laughs> and that is just a small example of how there are different processes that are not fixed within a young mind yet. So you need to explore all of the space, all of the in-between before they become conditioned like us and wedded to the status quo. We need to really make use of their creative potential. Do you see yourself as a mentor? I do see myself as a mentor and I'm keen to be the best mentor I can through my music, which means that my personal experience doesn't always come first in what I write. As artists, we are often rewarded for indulging in our own perspective, in our own feed. I mean, all we have is our own perspective. But uh, as a mentor, as a big brother, I've always felt like, you know, it's possible. You can make an effort to present the best of yourself that the people who are interested in you can learn from. Do you have any mentors? Yeah, I got I got amazing mentors. My PhD supervisor has become, you know, like my my, my leading mentors, and she's she's a she's a literal world changer. She just launched a new council with the World Health Organization on economic health. You know, forcing the UN to uh, look at the policies. You know, the the policies that will empower people to live the healthiest lives. That's that's one mentor. I got mentors from the ends. I got my old basketball coach, Coach Junior. He's he's amazing. He's the person who introduced to me the concept of social responsibility. I met him because as a social entrepreneur, he just put on um, a basketball training program for the young people in the community, and he 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 kept me under his wing for not kept me under his wing, but he guided me throughout my teens. I met him when I was 14 and to this day I still have hours long conversations with him where he provides guidance and insight. So mentorship's really important. The pressure of academia is also overbearing. I visited a lot of schools when I wrote my first book, Open, a toolkit for how magic and messed up life can be. And I wanted to go out there and talk to young people. And one of the things that I found all over the country were all types of young people being totally under pressure to get a grade. And they didn't, might not have felt necessarily academic people. They thought that everything, their whole future, relied on an A grade. What do you think of the syllabus for these teenagers who are trying to be part of the future? I was a student doing my GCSEs at the time of becoming a rapper. So what I had in rap was a completely alternative system a different knowledge system, a different classroom, different textbooks. The textbooks were radio sets and freestyles and roughly recorded songs. And through those textbooks, my mind was open in ways. And I can say this as someone who really took 
education as far as I could. My mind was open in the musical space in ways that the classroom would never, ever achieve. So what that showed me within my own life was that there are different ways to learn and there are different ways to communicate your contribution to society, right? Many, many of my heroes in rap just didn't finish formal education and there are systemic reasons for that. So we need to take our understanding of what tends to go wrong in formal education, not throwing out the baby with the bathwater. It's very easy to say education is broken. When I was in school, we didn't get X, Y, and Z. There's, there's hundreds of thousands of people around the country working to get to a space where more people can reap the benefits of our education system. People are really dedicating their lives to that race. But at the same time, for those who don't feel like they found their place in formal education, don't stress. There is potential within you that needs to be unlocked and it can be unlocked. I'm talking from experience and I'm talking from observation. You can unlock the potential within you by um, trying to figure out why you are who you are. That's what I did when I became a rapper. Why do I love this music so much? Why, why am I so obsessed with it? Let me try it out and see where it takes me. And that allowed me to become George the Poet. That allowed me to control my contribution to society. That allowed me to answer my own questions, all the frustrations. If you listen to my first poetry, my early poetry 10 years ago, some of it is still on YouTube. Poems like A State of Mind. I was very upset, man. I was a very troubled young man. But finding out why I was troubled, being able to learn my environment and, and respond to my environment in a creative way, you know, it, it grew me as a person. So your, your route might not be music. You might not be a social scientist like I became, but you, you have potential in you that needs to respond to its environment, right? And there is a way to do that. You just, you know, you need to listen to yourself and um, give yourself time to grow. Would you agree that it's never too late? Never too late. That's why I say time to grow. It is never too late. Thank you so much for your time and wisdom, George. Keep fighting the good fight and make sure that you give yourself enough rest and dancing time this afternoon. Thank you very much, Gemma. It's a pleasure talking to you. Wow, Kapow. I am in awe of the calmness, yet the knowledge of George. And I'm so glad that I finally got to pick his brains because it's been a long time coming. As well as our more well-known guests, we're taking some time each episode to check in with a current student at the Open University. We want to hear about their ambitions, their reasons for studying, and how distance learning is working for them in practice. I met Saeed Frenata about education. What I love most about this, as you'll hear, is that Saeed's experiencing the education system from both directions at once, as a student himself, but also whilst working as head of boarding in a school. Hello, Saeed. Thank you so much for joining us. No problem. Hi, Gemma. I hope you're well. So, Saeed, tell me what your employer thinks of you studying at the Open University. Um, they're very supportive and uh, they're always pushing me to go further and, and they're very happy as well. And they also encourage other staff members to do the same. And they actually, because they use, he uses me as, well, our head teacher, he uses me as an example. I think it's very inspirational what you're doing and really okay, shows... Thanks. A, an approach to to kind of forward thinking in terms yeah. of doesn't matter what role you have 
in your working world, you want to continue learning. Yeah, definitely. I think education, it never stops for a person. And it just carries on. Doesn't matter if you're 20, 30, 40, 50. And that's the great thing about the Open University. Doesn't matter where you are, where, at what state you are in your life, carry on studying. There's always something to learn. You can always learn from someone. Saeed, so tell us what you're studying at the moment. Um, currently, I'm studying health and social care, um, which will go towards, um, it's a BA honours, actually. Um, the reason why I'm learning, uh, studying health and social care is because it's quite relevant to my job, actually really relevant to my job. How is it relevant to your job? Well, the degree itself, it's um, revolving, it's, a, it's around working with the young children and young adults as well. So, um, as you know, I'm working as a boarding manager. I always deal with young children, young adults, um, how to make their stay in our boarding much better. Um, that's, that's how it correlates together. So working with young children um, in their education, in their boarding life, how to track and trace their development as well. And how did you hear about the OU? So going back two years ago, we were having an upstairs up inspection. So um, we were getting inspected and there was a social inspector uh, that I had an interview with, I had a meeting with. And uh, she, one of the questions they would always ask me is... Um, so as a head of boarding, what qualifications do you have? Do you have a degree? What training do you have? I've got plenty of training, internal training, in-house training, external training. I've done all of it. But she'd always ask me, do you have a degree though? And that's when she told me about, you know, maybe you could go into a university and get a degree. So I told her at that time, for me, it's impossible. I'll work 12 hours a day. To go into university at the moment, I'll have to take two, three days off in a week. And that's impossible for me at the moment, you know, um, uh, working full time. I've got a family that depends on me. So it's quite impossible at the moment. And that's when she told me about the Open University. And I was like, Open University, where's that? Is that in Birmingham? So she, she started laughing and she was like, no, 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 no. Open University is all online. You enroll online, you have a tutor, you have a lesson plan, you have a timetable, exams, assignments, everything's online. Were you excited when you heard that? Was that the light bulb moment that felt right for your lifestyle? I just thought, kaching. This is it. This is it. I've always thought about going into a university, but it just is. I, I don't have the time. What are your OU tutors like? Um, they're very supportive, but they're great in general. You know, contacting them, whether it's by email or mobile phone or whatever. Um, she's always there whenever I do call, need help with anything. She, she takes her time. She's never looking at the clock. She never, she's never like, okay, you've got five, I've got five minutes with you. I spoke to my tutor last week and I spent about 20 minutes with her over the phone. And she's explained to me the whole of TMA 02, how to set her out, how to do the referencing. And it was really helpful because uh, even though everything's online, the guidance is there, the support is there, but getting it from your tutor direct is just more convincing, if you know what I mean. What does TMA mean? TMA means tutor marked assignment. So in a year, we'll have like five, six uh, assignments. So they're all marked by our tutors. How do you get to know and work with other students on your course? I think that's one of the best things about the Open University, actually. Actually, one of the best things. Um, how we get in communication with other students. I'm sure you're aware we have student forum groups where we can talk to each other. We can speak to the tutor as well. Um, and there are some class members that they 
start a, well, they make a WhatsApp group. So for example, I'm in the, uh, currently I'm studying KE206. That's my module name. So they'll make a WhatsApp group under that name and she'll advertise it. She'll send it, to, she'll post it on the student forum group and everyone will join that um, group. So whenever there's an assignment due, they always put reminders up. Whenever somebody asks a question, like yesterday I asked a question about referencing, guys, I need help with this. I need help with how do you reference this one quote? There's always someone there to help me. We also meet up. Um, not this year, actually, because of this whole pandemic, we couldn't really meet up. But last time we met up was last year sometime. Uh, we organized a Starbucks uh, study event and uh, we were studying together and uh, assignment was due as well. So we're just working together, helping each other out. Is everything okay? Um, over a cup of coffee. And I think, yeah, the community is great. It's very supporting. That's one of the best things, actually. And that's that's something that keeps me going. So some people might feel that they miss out in that aspect as well, that in a normal university, you can make friends, you can go out, you can have fun. And they might it might be a misconception that if I join the Open University, I'm by myself. I won't have access to anyone apart from my tutor. I won't be able to make any friends. That That's absolutely wrong you do have access to other students. You can meet up. You can help each other out. You can, you know, share life experiences. I'm not even talking about education here. I'm just talking about going out for a movie, going out for a munch, going out for a coffee, as well as studying as well. What's the most important thing that you've learned during the last couple of years? And do you have any advice that you could give to anyone thinking or studying? Um, what have I learned? Um, well, there's, there's a lot of things that I've learned. Well, firstly, time management. Uh, making time to study, uh, but mainly my ambitions have grew after joining the Open University, knowing that, you know, this will, I will gain something from this. So it's made my ambitions a bit higher. You know, as you know, I'm working as a head of boarding at the moment, but I thought this is it. I thought working as a head of boarding, that's it. I've reached the top of the ladder right now. I can't get any higher than that. But since joining Open University and realizing that you know, studying, I can get somewhere high up the ladder. I can carry on climbing the ladder to actually work for Ofsted. I think that's the highest you can ever get. Now, I would have never dreamt of that if I didn't join the Open University. But now joining the Open University and realizing that, you know what, if I carry on the way I'm going, I can get this degree and I can carry on climbing the ladder. Thank you so much, Saeed. It's fascinating hearing your journey and also just massive good luck. Thank you very much. It was nice speaking to you. I'm both fascinated and inspired by both George and Saeed and their approach to education. That idea of lifelong learning seems to be so central in everything that they do. And it's always inspiring to hear about someone taking the plunge and going back to it and feeling supported when they do. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Life on Our Terms as much as I have. We'll be back next week where we're talking sport on our terms with Rasmus Ankerson, the director of Brentford FC, a team who are transforming football and shaking up sport with new learnings and ideas. Thanks for listening. Please do subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, why not rate us? But only if you've got a good one. And give us a review. See you next time. You've been listening to Life on Our Terms, a podcast with The Open University. It was presented by me, Gemma Kearney, and produced by Listen Entertainment. <laughs>